0: Hey, what's up everybody, it's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals. i to a live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. For those who are their very first time watching me here online, my name is Josh Resi, also known as Coach Josh. My goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And for those who's been watching me for what has been 12 years, five years, two days, I want to say thank you so much for watching, whether you watched on YouTube or listen on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I just want to say thank you all so much for your support. And your love and your trust uh in the Holy Spirit's work in my life creatively and and, and 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 uniquely through me um to be able to help you guys grow for him, grow for God's glory and to and to really be your best selves for for God's optimal use. So hope y'all are doing exceptional. Well. I'm gonna go right into the chat box, see who's here. And for those who's like, yo, this is new to me, wise is video. Long, if you want to know where all the answers to each questions are, you can go to my comment section below. You'll see the timestamps as well as links for you to better get involved with everything that I have to offer and do. Um, through what I do here, uh, Christine, what's going on? Info me, ASAP, what's going on? Queen Keisha, what's going on? What's up, family? Jennifer Gilman, hey, what's going on? Rosella, hey, 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 Christine, wow, I've never been first. Hope you're well. I'm all, I'm always well. Because of the well that's in me. Who had a preach. But thank you so much for watching. What's good, Coach? What's up, Queen Keisha? Tierra Lewis, what's up, Lavita Loka Medoka? What's going on? Estella, what's going on? Let's scroll down. Let's scroll down. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, you too. All right, good question. First question: Jennifer says, How to really trust God? The best way to grow in trust with God is to Think back on his track record. Uh, my trust and faith in God has grown significantly over the years. When I found myself in significant situations, sometimes when our life is always in our control, we're not gonna. There's no need to trust God. It's almost like uh, uh, the the environment you grow in will determine the the level of of comfortability in challenges. So if you grew up with a lot of challenges early on, then when challenges of life come, you're kind of used to those challenges because what you have to face growing up. But for those who are a little bit more Um, taken care of, those who had uh, everything laid out for them, those who were able to live a great life on their own terms. They had money, they had resources, or they had ability. There's no need to trust God. But when you face significant situations, you will begin to see how limited your supply is. And what God oftentimes does is he he allows life to develop or create situations that our money can't help us out of, our health can't help us out of, our, our friend, Can't help us out of any of our foundational. Um, 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 supports can't help us. Son. And when we begin to see God's track record of helping us through significant situations, then our faith grows and our trust grows. But, but, but that doesn't mean God only comes through in significant moments. No, God comes through mightily in small moments, but we overlook those small moments because we overly trust in our supply. But when you really get a notebook and you really take time to think on the goodness of God and you really begin to process just how faithful he is, your trust in him grows. When you begin to realize how limited you are and how limitless he is, how finite you are, and how infinite he is, how 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 uh how limited, etc. Then you will begin to really see, stand and see. That's the good thing. Three things you have to understand. Uh, first you have to surrender, then you have to stand and then you have to see. Surrender means, hey, God, I, I, I realize through revelation, through whatever, that I am no good on my own and I'm unable um to, to, do, to do any of these things without you, so I surrender my life to you. In my surrendering my life to you, I'm going to stand to see the salvation of the Lord because God is oftentimes going to bring you to a place where all you can do is stand and see. Now, um, um to make it even more clear to you on how to build your trust in God, number one, <clears throat> I want you to write down all your limits. And the next thing I want you to do beside those limits, I want you to write down the limitness of God, whether you're studying the attributes of God, etc. And then what I want you to do going forward is to is to uh, write um, legibly, I had to get another L, write legibly um, the track record of God so that when you stand in troubling situations, then you will be able to know for a fact that God can bring you through. And some of the situations you're going to come through afraid. Some of those situations are going to come through confident. But at the end of the day, God is very good at being God, and that's how you build or your trust in God. You have to let go. Of, you have to realize just how limited your current trusts are, and and watch and see over time. You'll see, wow, God really has brought me to places where I can only trust in Him. So that's my advice there. Look at God's track record, and until you, and sometimes you won't be able to really trust God until you see how He helps you pass tests. Hope <clears> that. Oh, my wife calling me coach. Girl, what's wrong with you? Just, what you call me coach for? Hold on, that's reserved for the people. Not for you now. I'm just joking. All right, Estella, what's going on? Enoch, what's going on? Good evening. What's up, fam? Uh, oh, Ross Scallop says, hey, coach, how do I determine God's voice and decisions I make every day? Um, The best way to become even more aware of God's leading through his Holy Spirit is to actually allow him to lead or to be... Uh, aware of his leading and acknowledge his leading and accept his leadership, right? Because, because it's hard to determine a thing the first time you uh try to uh uh implement a thing, if that makes sense. What I'm trying to say is it's going to be hard to trust God now or allow God to help you make a decision if you already a, a, um, made a decision. Now, what I told my sister the other day, uh, she has a major decision coming up, and I told her. God is always on the mark. He's always quick to help us when we desire to be in his will. If you desire to be in his will, he'll answer quickly. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that that's all the time, but 99.9% of the time in my experience with God, when you genuinely repent of your control over your life and you deeply desire to be in the will of God, God will God will answer. Now, what I told her to do is, is before she went to bed, I told her to look up to heaven and say, God, I trust you. I cannot make the decision without you. I'm going to rest knowing that when I wake up this in the morning, you're going to have on my heart exactly what you want me to do. Because Father, I desire to be in your will. And We'll see tomorrow, whatever she tells me. But that's the thing I do. You have to go in with repentance saying, Father, I repent for doing things in my own will in the past. I, too, desire to be in your will. And number three, I'm a rest in your will. The word of God says, Father, you said in your word that you'll give me sweet sleep. So I'm asking for a supernatural supply of sweet sleep because I trust in the morning that I will hear from you on what decision I need to make that is the, probably the best route um, um, for, for you to be able to uh, uh, um, start the process of, of setting yourself up um, to, to, to be still enough and, and, and trust God's will enough um, to be able to uh, hear his decision-making. Now, practically, how do I determine God's voice and decisions I make every day? When it comes to decision you make every day, you have to practice flow. You have to practice flow. Now, what I mean by that is is that you cannot just bombard or uh, uh, root your day in in your regiments. So what I mean by that, your life must be, your days must be done relationally, not regimentally, if that makes sense, all right? Regimentally means I do this, I do that every single day, and nothing in me or outside of me can pull me away from my regiments, my rituals, and what I do uh, every single day. Your life must be in the rhythm of the of your relationship with God, meaning that you go with the flow. Now, what does the flow look like? First you have to get first you have to have faith in the flow. The flow is the Holy Spirit. You have to have faith that he is the one, the architect of every single day, that God, the Holy Spirit is God's guide through the already established day that was established for you was even formed in your mother's womb. Right. So you have to understand who the flow is. The flow is the Holy Spirit. Now, L, you have to let that flow lead. The way you let that flow lead is to let go of your life. In order for the flow to go, in order for you to go with the flow, you have to let your life go and go in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you have to be willing to obey. Obedience is bad and sad. Now, what I mean by that is, is that you have to make it a regimen to obey God's written word. If you're unwilling to obey God's written word, you're not going to be set up to obey God's rhema word, God's a uh, a word of of moments. So, what I what I need for you to do is to make it an everyday practice to obey God's written word, right? And 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 the best way to set yourself up, last but not least, in order to flow every day with the Holy Spirit, is to make sure that your life is a life of worship, that you have washed away every single sin, every single pattern, patterns of sin, because in life, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal you to potential sins that you may have practiced, but naively or whatever it is in a naive way, but you have to make your life of worship. So you have to wash out of your life any distractions, any type of uh, witchcraft, any type of thing that's going to hinder you from flowing with the Holy Spirit. So number one, you got to know the flow. You have to respect the flow. L, you have to let that flow lead, and you have to let your life go. O, you have to obey God's written word because in obeying God's written word, God's spoken word will always match His written word. And when you understand that, you will make it a practice every day to obey His written word, so that when He does when He speaks a rhema word that's rooted in His written word, then nothing will change. And W, you got to wash away every single thing that may be a hindrance to you going with that flow. And that is what will set you up to recognize the voice of God. The Bible says my people, they know my voice and and, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So you got to wash away, remove all strange things that is that is not good for you so that you be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. Hope they help. Great question. Hi, London, what's going on? New to the channel. We're glad to have you. Thank you for watching. I pray what you've heard so far has been a blessing and I pray what I offer here is a great resource for you. So thank you for joining me for the first time. Charlene Norris says, How to surrender fully? Actions, please, coach. No problem. How does one surrender to God? <clears throat> How does one surrender to God? Number one, you have to recognize what's keeping you from surrendering to God. Um, um first off, you gotta, you gotta look inside of yourself and realize that there are substances or 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 things in your heart, in your soul. that that is hindering you from surrendering. So what you got to do is you got to look internally and externally and ask yourself, what are the things that's hindering me from completely surrendering to God? I have to look inside of my soul and I got to look within my surroundings and determine what are the specific things that is keeping me from surrendering to God. Examples. Number one, what are those idols in my heart? What are those strong desires? What are those Um, um, false expectations? What are those poor work ethic uh, or or poor disciplines contributed to poor disciplines? Um, What are those, uh, a lack of emotional control in my life? Uh, What are those soul ties? Who are those individuals in my heart who have yet to forgive? What resentment, what bitterness? Those are the internal things that's within your soul. Now within your surroundings are influences, whether it's music, TV, friends, Anything that may surround you that may contribute or connect to what's deprived or what's not growing in your soul. Once you begin to realize that, first, the the only way you can realize it fully down to the root, down to the source, is to humble yourself Before the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I know nothing. Holy Spirit, I desire to surrender my life completely to God. So reveal to me what it is that's inside of me and that's around me that's keeping me from walking fully committed to God. The Holy Spirit will then reveal to you if you are willing. You have to be willing. Willingness means that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm serious about this. You got to be serious in order to surrender. You can't just because you are getting caught up in worship songs and be like, I surrender all, but you realize that you ain't surrendering nothing. And so you have to be serious about the matter. And seriousness comes when you are disgusted with your current situation, your current way of life. That disgust would then push, <clears throat> would give the gust of wind, the Holy Spirit, the opportunity um, um, to position you in a position of surrender. Internal, external things. Number two. Ask the Holy Spirit, what supporting systems can I implement in my life that would keep me in a surrendering position? Which means spiritual disciplines, which means um, 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 specific uh, friendships, uh, uh, um, specific, um, you have to be almost uh, picky what it is that you place in your life, right? Because those things that you pick in your life will determine whether you are in pursuit of the things of God or pushed away or pulled away from the things of God. Surrendering is not easy. But when you begin to realize just how in, just how depraved and how wicked and deceptive your heart is, once you begin to realize just how messed up you are, then your desire for a savior increases continuously, right? Now, <clears throat> Surrendering to God boils down. Like I said, you got to look inside of yourself internally and externally and see what will keep you, what is keeping you from surrender to God. Then you ask the Holy Spirit, what are support systems that I can implement in my life? Some Some of those things are common sense. Just look around your life and be like, you know what? She ain't no good. He ain't no good these habits and these patterns are no good. And and I got to I gotta make sure I make a wise decision, but it boils down to your disgust for your current situation. If you're not disgusted about where you are, you're going to be right back where you are. But when you look at your life and you realize, I hate this, I despise this, I do no longer want to live like this. I I've rev- I've, I've, I've began to realize just how far I've brought myself and where I've brought myself and how I don't, I can't do it. In my personal life, what calls me to surrender to God is to realize no matter how smart I thought I was, no matter how strategic my plans were, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's a purpose, of the Lord, that prevails. But all this is cute and cuddly, but you have to do it every day. So every day what I want you to do is practically is to wake up and say and say it out of your mouth. I surrender to God today. Body, you will surrender to the will of God today. Mind, you will surrender to the will of God today. Emotions, you will surrender to the will of God today. Um, body, you will surrender to the will of God today. And I want you to always coach like this. Get a sheet of carry, a little notebook. A surrender pad and i want you to write down moments where you found yourself your weakest write those moments down so that you can reflect on that and say okay what adjustment i need to make in that area to make myself more surrender is it because, because when you write down those different things you will begin to realize your weaknesses. You'll begin to realize, oh, when I'm around men like this, I find myself a little extra, a little more weak. When I'm around women like this, I find myself a little bit more weak. When I find myself in a situation like this, I find myself a little bit more weak. So weak in, or too weak to surrender to God, too strong in my own ability to surrender to God, right? Once you write those things down, you'll begin to look and understand what are the pieces and the things that keeps me from surrendering. And then also write down your successes, because then you will begin to continuously practice uh, the praises that go to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for strengthening me. So when you look at your moments where you found yourself too strong in your own ability or too weak to surrender to God, you will begin to see areas, okay, what contributed to that weakness, what contributed to that lack of surrender, and then the Holy Spirit will say, this is what you need to do. You may want to up this in the morning. You may want to adjust your devotion time here, because that will position you to be successful going forward. Those are the practical things that come came off the top of the dome that I think will help you. Look inside of yourself, look outside of yourself, look with, look within your soul, look within your surroundings, write down what are those things that keep you from surrendering. And number three, I want you to write down um, um, ask the Holy Spirit what is the system that can support you in the surrender. And every day I want you to practically practically carry a notebook or on your phone, areas where you find yourself too strong in your own ability or too weak to flow with the flow of the Holy Spirit, and then, and then in as you go with God, you make an adjustments. One thing I realize is that the more you walk with God, the more adjustments that you make. My chiropractor adjusting you, making sure that the flow within your uh um Nervous system and all those different systems uh, allow the proper nutrients to go. That's what the Holy Spirit. He's like a spiritual chiropractor making the helping you making the adjustments so the nutrients can flow to where they need to flow. Hope they help. Malene, what's going on? Hey Charlene, what's going on? Did I skip your question? Did I skip anybody? No, nah, I didn't skip anybody. <clears throat> my two sisters, good evening, every oh, y'all go ahead and speak to everyone. Thank you. Thank you for being so kind. The finest arts. Hey, Coach Joshua. Well, oh, you gave me my full blessing. She's, he or she was like, nah, I ain't calling him Coach Josh. I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him Joshua. You got something got to get that you are in there. Uh, Josh is cool, but when you get that you are in there, you get the full blessing of the name. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be the one. I want to be the one who saves. You know what I'm saying? Help saves. You know, Joshua, I don't, Josh might just be the one. You were may be the one, the one that saves. See you know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't want to be the one. I'll be the one that helps the whole, to save those. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Coach Joshua, I'm stuck in a relationship, whereas every time I try to end it, the other gets suicidal. That's control. Let me tell you something about suicide. I don't even want to say that word here on YouTube. Let me tell you about people who talk. Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. You see what I'm saying? If you talk it more than whatever, it's a manipulative control technique to try to make you stay with them and that's not real love. You don't want nobody that 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 gets in that that type of frame of mind to keep your relationship. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a gimmick and even if they do go through with it, that's their that's their fault. You know what I'm saying? You are not Jesus. You can't save them. You cannot be imprisoned by their lack of emotional control. You can't be imprisoned by the lack of the spiritual flow in their life. And so if they if they really about their life that ain't your fault. Ain't, and if they do go through with it, they don't got nothing to do with you. And I, I know that sounds harsh, but you got to be set free from that. You know what I'm saying? And so most people do that. If they do that, it is a manipulative control to try to keep you in relationship with them. So they know that you're a good hearted person and they want you so badly that they will say whatever they got to say to convince you. So that, listen, you live your life and if they want to do whatever it that is, that's on them, but they don't got nothing to do with you and your emotions. Uh, uh, because you ain't Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So what I would do is I would break up with them because first off, you don't want nobody to to utilize any type of manipulative control to keep you in relationship with them. So you God will never have you stuck in a place. God always brings you through places. God will never have you stuck in a place. Right now, I'm not stuck in any place of my past. I'm not stuck in my present. I'm in, I'm in, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Death, I'm walking with him in the cool of the day. I'm walking him with him down the narrow way. You see what I'm saying? I'm not stuck at the gate, I'm not stuck in the valley, and I'm not stuck at the bottom of a mountain. So what I'm telling you is anytime you feel stuck. That's some type of demonic control, some type of demonic soul testing. So what you need to do is forgive yourself and, and look at yourself and realize: is there anything in me that desires to people please? Is there anything inside of me that is too empathetic and too sympathetic? Uh, is there anything me, in me that 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 um is just too nice? And and realize, and I, what I want you to do this, do is so that just in case something does happen to this person, it doesn't move your faith. Write down all of the facts of why you should leave this relationship. I don't care if you get a, a, a printed out in a glossy paper put in the frame. I don't care if you put it on a projector. I don't care if you put it on your phone. I don't care where you put it. I want you to write down the facts of why you need to leave this relationship. So no matter what happens to this person, your feelings won't be moved. I don't care what a person does outside of the flow of the Holy Spirit for my life because nobody will control me. I will not let anyone control me from my wife to to my kids to my mom to, to, to a preacher to a pastor. No one will control me. They're either gonna go with the flow of the Holy Spirit or they're gonna be flowed out of my life. But you cannot be controlled by anyone. So write down the facts why the relationship must end and, and go to that relationship and say, you know what, I I, I I whatever. Don't even say you care about the person. Just say, you know what, this got I we, this gotta stop. I can't I can't be in a relationship with you. Ask God to give you wisdom and divine wisdom and divine protection. Uh, because the grace, the will of God won't lead you as grace won't keep you. And uh, He'll give you the way to talk to that person and give them over to God. God, that's your responsibility now. And move on with your life. They're gonna try to do stupid stuff online, you know, block them online, do what you gotta do. Go on about your life and 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 let God entrust God, trust them and entrust them into God's hand. That's my find the facts of why you should leave. Why you should end a relationship and end the relationship. Find the facts on why you end a relationship and end it. Because anybody who talks like that is trying to control a relationship. Because if you talk, most people who who about that life already, you know, what their life, and uh, most people who talk it just using as a manipulative control, hope that. Jennifer uh, Gilman says, "How do I how do how do I be obedient to God, Coach? It's been hard. It's not easy to start a new thing." Uh, It's not easy to obey God because sometimes, actually, a lot of times in obeying God, you feel uncomfortable. just uncomfortable because now you're being pruned away from your old patterns. You're being pruned away from your fallen uh, personhood. You're being pruned away from multiple personalities that has been developed over throughout your formative years and influencers, right? And so in obeying God, we have to trust that he is the omniscient one. Omniscience means he's all-knowing, that the one who has the highest seat sees everything. God is the Most High. It doesn't matter how lofty and how high other opinions and philosophies are. The Holy Spirit, the the Father, the Triune essence of the Godhead is the Most High. Therefore, He's the Omniscient One, meaning that He knows everything from outside of you to the inside of you and beyond you. And so, when you begin to understand the attributes of God and, and the realness of who He is, you will begin to let Him lead, and obeying Him uh, is always beneficial. There's not been a time that I obeyed God and didn't reap fruit from it. There's not been a time that I obeyed God and left empty handed. I'm telling you, every time you obey God, you get, you get, you get stuff. And what I mean by stuff, you don't do things to get stuff, but it's the nature of the business. Like I give this example all the time. When my nieces, my nieces and nephews love to ride with Uncle Josh because in fellowship with the Uncle Josh, in fellowship with Uncle Josh, it's guaranteed some chips, it's guaranteed some juice coming with the coat, coming with their Uncle Josh, they guarantee, they they always come to the house. Whether it's donuts, whether it's chips, whether it's drink, because I'm teaching them, no matter who, when you in fellowship with God, you always leave with something in your hands. <clears throat> and so what I'm trying to say is that when you obey God and you flow with God, you always want to have a bag of chips and some juice. You see what I'm saying? Not the name, not, I never give my niece and nephew to knock off. I give them the name brand stuff. Cause there ain't no poverty mindset around here. You want you want that? That's what you get. You want the juice, that's what you get. You see what I'm saying? And I think the more you realize in fellowshipping, genuinely, don't get me wrong, don't be just doing stuff for God it just begin stuff. But I'm saying that's what naturally happens when you genuinely obey God. You never come out empty-handed obeying God, and that has to be engraved in your mind so that you'll be willingly to obey. Um, Jesus told Peter. He was like, uh, man, go ahead and drop that net right there, player. Peter was like, man, yo, Gio, real talk, man. We've been out here all day, bro. We've been out here all day getting these fish, trying to get these fish. No fish came. Jesus was like, yo, my man, just dip the net right there. Just drop the net over the side of the boat. And what happened when he obeyed God? He had to get other boats to help him get the fish. See what I'm saying? When you obey God, you catch fish. When you obey God, not just one fish, you need to help to carry the fish. I'm telling you, it always pays to do it God's way. It always pays to be genuinely in, in, in fellowship with him and genuinely desire to obey. So that's my advice to you. It's going to be difficult because you're being pruned. You're being stripped away from your old way of thinking. And sometimes obeying God hurts in the beginning. But it becomes sweet at the end because you'll realize, because I tell you one thing, I'm so glad I obeyed God and a lot of different things that I did, because if I didn't, oh man, where would my life be today? Hope to help. Queen Keish says, thoughts on Christian dating apps and how to deny the flesh when it's jumping. Listen, man, um, Some jump when someone jumps, um, some people jump for joy. Some people jump off a cliff. Just because people are jumping doesn't mean they're jumping in safety. Right. And so when it comes to dating Christian apps, you have to realize this. Uh, um, um, there's no need for it. God doesn't need your help with dating. God doesn't need the app. God doesn't need anything to help you in relationship. When people go to dating apps, they're basically telling God, I think you need some help. God, I am gonna help you with this. Not doing anything in regards to pursuing what you desire is proof that you trust God. What I the greatest, the greatest dating app that I use was dating myself and dating God. When I dated God and got to know God and spent time with God, I began to develop my purpose. When I began to develop my, develop my purpose, I began to increase my person. You see what I'm saying? Because when I began to see how big my purpose is and how strong of a desire I had it, I had in my heart to help people grow holistically for God's use and how uh, how deep the burden was for me to help people discover their purpose, man, I ain't had time thinking about no woman. Was there moments where you I thought about my wife and what life would be like? Cool, yeah, but I had books to write. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? This is what got me focused. see all this right here? Card games, books. What did they, they have going to do? All that was done while I was single. And so when you realize, hey, man, God's got that. Listen, listen, where do you want your match made at? Do you want your match made here in, on earth or you want your match made in heaven? See, I, 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 that came a place in my life where I had to realize Ain't no way I'm going to be able to do this. For myself. I don't even know what I want back when I, what I, what I have right now in a wife is not what I wanted when I was 22 or 23, as I grew in, in maturity, I realized what I want in a life. You see what I'm saying? So God knows what's best for you. And, and people go on dating apps basically telling God, I, I think you need some help. God, God don't need your help. You need to help in order to be of, of use. You got to be helpful. You got to say, okay, God, what am I supposed to do with my purpose? Because you know what these books do and these card games do and everything I do? They help support my marriage. Dating is a waste of time, man, outside of the will of God. And what I mean by the will of God, dating the one that God has determined for you, right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, deny the flesh is everybody makes things. That's marketing. Marketing, all marketing wants to do is get you in a door. People who overly market a thing, let me make it plain people overly market a thing, that thing is probably not really that good, if that makes sense. Because if you got to spend a bunch of money to market it, then it, then the product's not good for itself. Like when was the last time you saw a Ferrari commercial? When was the last time you saw a Bentley commercial? When was the last time you saw a a Phantom, a, a Rolls Royce, Royce commercial? When was the last time you saw a Honda commercial? <laughs> when was the last time you saw a, a Ford commercial? You see what I'm saying? The greater the quality, the no need to promote it. The greater the quality, no need to make it available. It, it speaks for itself. The more exclusive you are, the, the the more valuable you are. The more you make yourself accessible and available, the more you cheapen your value, and you find yourself in a pool of people who are cheap themselves. See, see, I I want to be. Uh, 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 the black label. I want to be behind the shelf. I want to be of high quality. That's why I don't make myself so easily available. People get mad at me because coaches just don't want to go everywhere and do everything. Now I'm exclusive, baby. No, you just can't get this everywhere. I know my talent. I know my anointing. I know my gifting, and I know most people don't. I can't afford it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So what I mean, but I'm not talking about afford it in regards to money. But they can't. They can't afford it in mind, emotion. I realize. I put my. I put myself amongst the people. And made myself overly available and trusted myself to people until I realized most people can't handle this. And most people can't handle you. So make yourself more exclusive. Don't worry about dating apps because people just want it. They just want to do whatever they want to do without God. And I just say, man, deny your flesh because it's pointless. What, what helps me deny my flesh is to think three moves ahead. Let me give you this practical gem. What helps me deny my flesh is to think three moves ahead of what my flesh wants. You always got to be three moves ahead of what your flesh desires. So what I do often is this. Um, I think about if I do this, what's the next thing? Even if I do this and don't get caught, what's the next thing of that? Even if I do it multiple times and still don't get caught, what's after that? The Bible says "Whatever's done in the dark will come out to the light. Bam, I'm done with that. I think three moves ahead of my flesh. Okay, I think about this. If I, if I could really go get these donuts like this again. This is what's going to happen. So I'm always thinking three moves ahead of my flesh to sum, to cause my flesh to submit to the will of God, because most people, they don't even think even one step beyond. They're so consumed with what they want now. They don't even think three moves. They don't even think half a move ahead. You got to practice thinking three moves ahead. If I get on this dating app, who's on this dating app? A bunch of people that are desperate am I desperate? Bam. I don't want to look desperate. I don't want to be desperate. I'm not going to go on that dating app. God, I'm going to trust you. When you think beyond your flesh current desires, you will see the will of God. Once you see the will of God, the next step beyond that is how you can be disciplined in the will of God and right back on the right track. That's my advice to you. A lot of things like they jumping, but a lot of those people are jumping off of cliffs. So be very careful what looks jumping. Enoch says, Coach, is it bad to use the N-word as a black golly man myself? You might as well get rid of that word, man. It's just, it's just, I mean, come on, man. I know how it is. You know what I'm saying? Even my, me and my homeboy BD, we're working on that. You see what I'm saying? We're working on well, we have we don't even say it much at all now. Like it, we really, um, I call him little man, you know what I'm saying? I call him jokes like that. I call him uh, you know, uh, I call them stuff like that. So, but but the older you get, you start realizing, man, like it's not even beneficial anymore. And so what I would do is is just think about, you know what, what do I want to be known for? How do I want to be perceived? Do I why am I saying this word? You know what I'm saying? It just got to a place we got too corny. And when you become a husband and you start becoming uh, uh entrepreneurial and you start pursuing your purpose, your language cleans up. The more you go deep into the things of God, the more you clean up certain things because a lot of things have been cleaned, cleared out. When you begin to clean your life things get cleared out like certain vocabulary certain words and then you begin to say you know what it's no no point even i'm too grown to be saying that you know what i'm saying um uh, i don't remember the last time i said it maybe i slipped up with me and bd but nah i don't remember like, i don't think that i that's not even a part of our uh dialogue anymore because we're doing a good guys podcast we're we're married you see what i'm saying it's just you just you grow out of it and so that's what i will say with that you just yeah, it's not, even, it's not even beneficial to use those words. But as you grow into things of God, some things are cleared out of your vocabulary. Liz Lewis says, hey, coach, I know God has not given us the spirit of fear, but how do we as Christians keep at peace and hope during these turbulent times? Realizing the one that's above the turbulence. You know what I'm saying? And, and always fly high. Um, planes fly through the turbulence to get above the turbulence not to be affected by the turbulence, right? Um, and so you got to fly above the world's fear. You have to fly above the world's fear of fear. Right. And and that's just what it is. Um, But practically, how do you overcome like right now? Coach ain't scared. Coach ain't scared Um, because it's hard to be scared when you've been prepared. You know, when you've been preparing, it's hard to be scared. Now, what do you do now? Let me put you on game. It's nothing but a trial test. Don't get too caught up in this right now. This is just a trial test of something bigger to come. God is going to give us the opportunity to look at this and be aware that we are now entering in, if not entering deeper in, the end of the end times. And what do you got to do now is assess your fear level and then realize your lack of faith. When you look at your whatever's highest will determine where your foundation is. If your fear is high right now, your foundation is in something else. Your foundation is the way of you thought your life would be right now. Your foundation is in your money, your foundation is in your relationships. But if your faith is higher than your fear, then you found it in God. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to look at certain things and be like, yo, that's crazy, yo. But then when you look at the Bible, see, I've been in my word. When you in your word, you know what the Bible says about the end times. You know, we heard our mama and daddy and, and preachers talk about it back in the old days, talking about the end times are coming. Get right. Get ready. And we was like, man, life's looking pretty good until you smack dab and it slaps you in the face. Talking about end times, end times, end times. Then you like, Oh, snap. This is what mama and them were talking about. Mama 60 and 70 now. And like, hey, cool. We told y'all about this, but it's the younger generation that life was so good for 10 years. Most of y'all didn't even know what 9-11 was. I was, what, 14, 15 when 9-11 happened? Like, a lot of the turbulent times, 10, 15 years ago, my older group generation been through some of that. A lot of the younger generation, think y'all had 10 or 12 or 15 years of, like, bliss, Technology booming, money booming. I I, I was on YouTube in 2008, but YouTube in 2008 ain't like it is now. So what I'm saying is you have most people during times of flourishing build their foundation in the fruit and versus in having their roots in the stream. So when you put your foundation in the fruit, when that fruit is taken away, you can't go out past five. You can't. You got to be quarantined. You, You, Virus is going everywhere. All your fun is stripped away. If you don't got no faith there, it shows you what you've been doing, what you, who your foundation has been in this long period of time. So what you must do now not to be afraid is to, since everything's been stripped away, since a lot of cities are about to get into greater levels of quarantine, this is when you get in your Bible and, and repent. Go to God and say, God, I repent for putting my trust in everything else now. God, I'm afraid, but you don't give us a, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Those three things are usually neglected in times of flourishing. Because people trust their own power, they trust their uh, uh uh they trust their own idea of love, and they trust in their current state of mind. When you trust in your a flawed view of love, and you trust in your own uh, power, and you trust in your own uh, state of mind, you're gonna be afraid when life hits you in the face. But if you know for a fact who God is, you'll know I got the power to. Because Jesus lives, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. I want you to meditate on that scripture. Anyone is afraid. I want you to realize the the realness of Jesus' resurrection and and the establishment of the Father's plan and the present help of the Spirit of God that will help you face tomorrow. Listen, I got an analogy. I leave a window open for the ravens. It don't matter what happens. I know I'm going to be taken care of because I know the word. I know the word of God. So right now, while everything's stripped away, getting that word and know it for yourself. These preachers ain't helped y'all, have they? Has these preachers helped y'all? These preachers that you have adorned and loved and heard all these good, prosperous messages, are they helping you now? No, they ain't helping you. The, the current state of the church ain't helping none of these church folk. These church folk's people scared, and your preacher's trying to encourage y'all now, but ain't gave you no substance for years. You better know the word for yourself, getting that Bible for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with um, um, the men and women of God that God placed you up under, but you have to realize the original OG. The OG, the OG that wrote the book himself The OG, the OG that wrote the B-I-B-L-E You better recognize who he is And know him for yourself That's why coach ain't move I don't care what's going on right now Because I know the Lord for myself You can't even call your pastor right now To pray for you right now, can you, huh? You can't even call some of these people You looked up to to help you now, can you, huh? These people who fed you cotton candy uh, messages But didn't you no substance To be able to be self-sufficient In your own spiritual discipline So that when you cannot meet together Because y'all, you're going to be sitting there Looking at your arm live screen, and they're just going to feed you a bunch of let me rock you baby it's going to be okay versus hey how do you do, how do you stand strong in your in the strength of the holy spirit now let me off my off my soapbox know the word for yourself my friend and trust the leadership of the holy spirit and get to know him now before it really gets bad it ain't bad yet this ain't nothing compared to what's coming. So read Matthew 24, 25. Start reading about what the end time is going to come and read what, what Jesus said about what he wants us to do. And you'll be all right, my friend. That's all I got today. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Ah, God told me one more, man. George, God must really want your question to be answered. Hmm. He must really want your question to be answered. I know every part of the Bible is important, but I read some parts and I get frustrated when I don't understand. Uh, let me tell you something about the word of God. You are not going to be able to understand without the author. You see what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to understand the word of God without the author. So this is what I do. I always go to God through his I say, Holy Spirit, we're about to read today, man. Holy Spirit, I want you to read this to me. The good thing about our current age right now is that we have multiple resources. What I need for you to do is get you a good study Bible with great commentary at the bottom, so that as you read, you read the commentary in alignment with what you're reading to get a better idea. The uh, the the the, uh, the study Bible that I use, the ESV Study Bible. Just type in the ESV Study Bible, get that Bible. That's the Bible I use for uh, for uh, commentary purposes and and the the resource that it has in it to help me. I've had that Bible since 2000 and Lord, 2009, 2010, and I found my first ESV Study Bible. It has no cover. Chapters are torn out because I was in it because I was intrigued by the word when I began to realize what the word was really saying. Uh, But that all those resources are great—the commentary, the Google, the whatevers—but nothing's better than just you and the Holy Spirit and your reading. Because the more you read the book with the with the one that wrote it, you'll begin to see how he uniquely within your new ones the scriptures to reveal his will in that area of your life and to make alive anywhere that you may be confused. Um, there's going to be partial to understand, but the one who wrote it knows everything about it. And this will then help you begin the process of seeing how the Holy Spirit supernaturally engages you through the written word of God. Uh, and and you cannot get so caught up in what everyone else is saying about the Bible. You have to study apologetics. Um, there's a guy. Uh, this, here's some people I want you to look up. Uh, I'm going to give you some website right now for everyone who's watching. Uh, Ravi Zacharias. Let me see if he, uh, I'm gonna give you uh some uh, great apologetic uh websites and resources for you to be able to um to go alongside with the greatest resource, the Holy Spirit and Frank Turek. Crossexamine.org. I'm gonna give you two scriptures, I'm mean, not two scriptures. I'm gonna give you two great trustworthy resources that I feel are trustworthy, and a lot they have a lot of videos on YouTube. And one of my other favorites is Tim Keller. Just kind of from the apologetic kind of vein of things will kind of get you into understanding the word a little bit better from a practical stance as Holy Spirit as Holy Spirit help you with the spiritual stance. Hope that That's all I got, y'all. Love y'all. I'm gonna look at one more under um George and see what the Holy Spirit. How do we need uh how do we need to know of, what do we need to know about God? Um as much as you can in his life. You're not gonna know everything about God, you need to know the basics. On um, the basics, I want you to go to Google, once you to type in the attributes of God, start there. And then the more you begin to see his character, you'll be able to realize uh um, um the importance of pursuing his calling for your life. Um, so basically as I mean, no, the three O's omniscient means he's all knowing omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere and omnipotent means all powerful. Those are three main things that you need to understand about God. Number uh, outside of him being, uh, love the love and grace, all the other components. Those three are kind of the core that he's omni all-knowing, omniscient, Mean he knows everything. You can't escape the you can't escape the eye of God. He knows everything. The omnipresence means that he is everywhere. Omniscient means he's everywhere where it cannot be seen. Omnipresence means he's everywhere that can be seen. And omnipotent means he's the greatest uh, source of power and that he's judge uh and, and, and that he's that he's running things. But as you type in the attributes of God and go online, you'll begin to realize who he is as a person. And that will kind of help you better understand how he engages your life. And for me, ASAP says, Coach, how do you how do you recognize a jealous friend and how do you end it? Great question. You recognize a jealous friend based upon number one, they can't celebrate your successes. Number two, that stink face when you talk about your successes. Um, a jealous friend is a person who tries to talk down your success. You see what I'm saying? Another uh character trait of a jealous person is a person who is, uh, who always talks negative. Um, a jealous person, a jealous person, how you can spot a jealous person before you see the jealousy is a stagnant person. A person is doing nothing with their life because when you begin to do something with their life, jealousy creeps up. Um, another attribute of a jealous person before you see the jealousy is, is they gossip. Um, um, uh, another attribute of a jealous person before the jealousy is evident between you and them is uh uh um the yeah, domain of those two things. Um they're stagnant and they gossip. Stagnant means they're not doing nothing with their life. So that when you do something with your life, they're gonna be jealous of it. And number two, they always gossip about people who's doing stuff with their life. Those are the signs of a jealous person for the jealousy is between y'all two. But then when that, when you do begin to see the jealousy, that should that is a red flag to say end it. Because I don't you don't want to be where you tolerate, you want to be where you celebrate. You want to be around people that 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 that's just negative, you want to be around positive. And so what I realize in life is, is that you're gonna lose a lot of friends. And I do the little air quotes for a reason because we don't even know what a true friend is. If you look at the word friend, you see two things, fry. And end real friends will sit in a fire with you till the end. That means they'll sit with you, they'll dare with you during tough times, they're there with with you when God's burning you, they're there when you when things are bright and when things are vibrant and you on fire, they're there with you. They're they're great. Oh, that's powerful. They're fry with you then fried means they'll be in a fry cooker with you through the pain and they'll be with you when you on fire, celebrate you all the way. Oh, girl, you on fire. You see what I'm saying? My man, you on fire, man. Keep going. That, that, those are the type of friends. But you won't know what a real friend is until you're in those two friars. When you on fire and you're going hard for God and, and things are going great for you, and when you're going through firing situations that's pruning you, that's when you know who your real friends are. And until then, you will never know. And so, But there, the Holy Spirit knows. The hearts of everyone so you have to trust him love y'all gotta go I didn't want to go over 45 minutes I just hit the 45 minute marker I love y'all y'all be blessed all of my resources are online this book right here the purpose of freedom how to untie soul ties uproo strongholds um that book's a good book for those who struggle with soul ties and strongholds my first book unplug the top things need to unplug from my very first book I wrote this book in that book in 2009 my children's book as he says, aziums or wise sayings for the students I serve. Uh, cartoon character series that my, that me and my wife are proud of and can't wait to see what God does uh, with our cartoons. Maybe we want to do, but these are wise sayings for the students I serve. We got journal in the back, put in the journal. And also um, great activities and aziums, wise sayings rooted in God's word, but not with God's word in it because that's for the secular realm. Because um, my God has given my wife and I a heart for a public school. Public school system, all that good stuff. The purpose of singleness, probably the best-selling book. Yeah, actually the best-selling book that I have, a book on um um uh singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? And that we have a course on it as every Thursday. This Thursday we're gonna be talking about pride. We going to talk about ego and emo, ego and emotions, and the pride that keeps us from prospering in every stage of our life. We'll talk about that this Thursday. But World War Me: How to Win the War Within, a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God. Um, my other book, Dating Prep, for those who want to date themselves in the love of their life. Great questions to help you really process about where you are in life. With activities, you can do this book by yourself as a single person and really ask them what are the answer to these questions, so I can be able to answer truly when asked. And for those who in a, a, a certified relationship with God or any relationship, because these questions will let you know whether or not this is of God or this is, this is not of God. And I have a card game that goes with that. Here we go called Dating Prep. Card game and books are not on the same website. I know it's difficult. I'm working on getting my cards on Amazon. Um, When the books are on Amazon, all these resources on my website, IAmUnplug.com. But Dating Prep is a card game that you can play by yourself with your uh, significant other, um, a double date version of the card game, as well as you can play this game with a counselor, a pastor uh, who will be able to help with your uh, significant other. Um, with a double date version of the card game, as well as a, you can play this game with a counselor, a pastor uh, who will be able to. Um, so there's three stages of the game. There's the cloud phase, which means that y'all just met. Y'all on the cloud nine. Seed is when y'all hit the ground, y'all realize, yo, this real, real. Corporations when y'all engage, getting married or already married, y'all trying to build what God wants y'all to build. Um, a cloud question is, when happy, what do you do? A cement question I have on the card game is, what time will we commit to our date nights? How can I help you with your bad habits? And a corporation question, if money wasn't an issue, what you will, would you do right now? See what I'm saying? So those are great questions. A ton of questions. I think about 100, 160 of them. Um, And the, all the questions are in the book as well. And one of my favorite things that God allowed me to make, and um, it's called Memory Muscle. It's a, mem- it's a how to memorize scripture. Uh, in a fun way, three ways to play, of course, play by yourself, just simply looking at the flash card what Joshua One Eight says. And then on the back is the answer. You just kind of help yourself memorize scripture. You can play um, with a friend going back and forth and you can play with a group of people. and um all the answers all the ways to plays in the card game. Uh, I am unplug for all the books for all the card games. On um, ways to support my ministry here, whether through finances or whatever, or through um supporting donation-wise mentoring program, uh propel. Um, we had our first episode, of course, according to the coronavirus. Uh where we out of school for like two weeks, three weeks now. And so we'll hopefully we'll be able to start our program back up. Um, so we'll see what God wants. But I'm gonna be doing videos for the kids. So go to the, all that stuff on my website, the Mr. Ezzy channel, all that good stuff. I am unplugged.com. I love y'all. Ways to support, ways to get involved, ways to whatever, all on my website. I am unplugged.com. I'll write it right here because a lot of people kind of ask about that. I am unplugged, and I'm proud of this website. I, I know I'm, I'm working on my website developing skills, but I'm kind of proud of this one. I am unplugged.com. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, Y'all talking at the bottom. I like to look, I'm going to start looking at the bottom again because y'all be saying something at the bottom. It kind of grabs. All right, got to go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.